This is Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine, Canada's leading source for poultry news, research, and trends for more than 100 years. You've tuned in to hear important conversations with industry leaders, producers, researchers, and other experts. Hi, and welcome to the third episode of the 2022 Top 440 Podcast Series, our program for recognizing young poultry leaders. I'm Brett Ruffel, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. In this episode, we talked to Taryn Gerard, a poultry vet from Red Deer, Alberta. Taryn was the first poultry vet to join Prairie Livestock Veterinarians, where she's developed a growing commercial clientele. She's also a vet with Cargill Animal Nutrition. In her role, she's been an asset in helping to deal with both the pandemic and the avian influenza outbreak. Taryn also developed important educational tools for producers, including small flock owners, and she volunteers her time to support youth who are interested in poultry. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our program sponsors for their support, including our gold sponsors, Aviagen and Egg Farmers of Canada, and our silver sponsor, Canadian Hatching Egg Producers. Now let's talk to Taryn. So to start, can you tell me how you got into poultry? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a pretty convoluted path with a lot of mentorship. So um, I originally just graduated with a biology degree quite a few years ago, and um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I worked in retail and I worked in sales for a bit. And then I took off traveling with my now husband. And while we traveled, I figured out that I wanted to be a veterinarian just through working at on a farm and some different sanctuaries. So I came back to Alberta. Um, we moved in with my parents and I went to the University of Alberta just to see if I could get into vet school. And um, I quickly met Drs. Frank Robinson and Martin Zudoff. And that was kind of the beginning of everything. Um, they introduced me to the poultry community and I fell in love immediately with the community. Um, everybody that I met was really welcoming and really passionate about poultry. So while I was working on getting into vet school, I decided to start a master's of poultry ethology with application to animal welfare, which essentially is poultry behavior. Um, and what, the first time I applied for vet school, I didn't get in. Um, and then the second time I got in, or the second time I applied, I got in, but I was halfway through my master's. So I ended up actually deferring vet school for a year to finish up this master's. And that master's was really foundational in um, meeting, networking with people in the industry and um, getting to know kind of the community that I really rely on now. Um, I went to vet school at the University of Calgary and I wasn't sure that I wanted to be a poultry veterinarian immediately, but um, I was interested in cattle and I was interested in small animal, but um, they didn't have that community that I had met at the University of Alberta. And so um, eventually I just, when I graduated, I decided to go into poultry and um, I haven't looked back since. It's been really incredible. So now I'm here. Um, I work for Prairie Livestock Veterinarians as the clinic. And then I'm also the veterinarian for Cargill um, in Western Canada. So that's how I got where I am now. And what do you do in those two different roles? Um, basically live the dream or live my dream. <laughs> 
So I do a ton of field vet work, um, getting a good feel for the barns and um, what the birds are doing. Um, the work with Cargill has been, has made me really fortunate because I get to really focus on preventative care. So looking at the birds week to week or every two weeks um, or during kind of problem periods and trying to catch issues early. Um, and that kind of helps us reduce antimicrobial usage and focus more on optimizing barn management. And my, prairie, my work with prairie livestock um, also mirrors a lot of that. Um, we built a poultry team really quickly. I've been with Prairie for almost two years now. When I started with them, they were called Prairie Swine Health Services, so they didn't have poultry. And since then, we added a poultry chapter and uh, grew a, a poultry team. That's just fantastic. So on that side, we do more emergency work. Um, they the team has really focused on small flock medicine and uh, management and outside of that then also just um, being a part of a few committees like the western poultry conference committee the poultry service industry workshop community um, working with the western canadian animal health network that we call we can which is an edu educational program for both veterinarians and producers and then um, we get a lot of student internships through Prairie Livestock as well. So that's really fun having student tag alongs. And then I also um, every year I do some guest lectures for both the U of C vet school and the U of A egg program. So what was it like to build the, the poultry side from the ground up? It was incredible. I don't know if I can say that we built it from the ground up. Um, the Prairie Swine team is this incredibly strong, um, really well-led team and really cohesive team. So jumping on with them, I was lucky that I went to school with um, Dr. Kelsey Gray and Dr. Holland Maloney. And Dr. Egan Brockhoff was um, one of my professors and then Dr. Jessica Law and I went to school um, together at the U of A. So I knew them well. I knew that it was gonna be a strong team. Our technician at the time was Tracy T and she's still here. And then we've also gained another one, Nicole Coles and they are um, absolutely incredible and um, really a huge, huge part of any success that we have had or me have. And then the office manager and our um, our client, kind of our client account manager, uh, Diana and Katrina, they're incredible too. So we did build it ground up. It was a little bit um, like fly by the seat of your pants, I suppose, but um, the producers were so trusting and so patient with us as we got things going um, that it can't, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was difficult, but it was a lot really quickly. And when Dr. Holland and I look back to that first year, it's just an absolute blur of really quick paced or quick, yeah, quick paced decision making and not a lot of sleep. So when was it that you started with cargo? Uh, when I jumped on with Prairie. So um, I had met Mark Nelson from Cargill um, previously before I was with Prairie. And um, I was the vet for some of the clients that he was servicing and selling feed to. And so um, 
we started to do weekly or every two week visits to a few farms and started to notice the benefit of being able to, again, see those changes um, that happen before something bad happens. So trying to catch something, catch issues early. And then we were able to actually fine tune the diets based on what Mark and I were finding. And so um, he just kind of provided this mentorship role that I was looking for. And then, then just decided to um, jump on with the team at Prairie and become the vet for Cargill at the same time. Um, so I heard that you had some interesting ways of adapting to the pandemic and building this business during the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges you faced and how you overcame those? Yeah, it. I mean, it, um, the pandemic came right kind of as I was getting rolling with my veterinary career. And um, a lot of what I everything that I do is based on relationships and community. And so with the pandemic, all of a sudden it was that we couldn't go see producers. Um, and then as we got more busy with Prairie Livestock, it was taking care of two provinces and how can we be everywhere at once? And so one of the things we really implemented was some really intense training around telemedicine with the Cargill feed reps, um, with some producers, and with Tracy and Nicole at Prairie Livestock. And from there, we were able to triage cases. And so one example was one of the Cargill feed reps, Jerry, was at a farm and there was really high mortality. Um, and he sent me a photo of a few birds he posted. And I was on the other side of the province that day. And so I was trying to figure out, did I need to get back there right away? What do we need to do? Um, and from the photos, it was a pretty um, clear diagnosis of inclusion body hepatitis or IBH. And so you can't, you can't conclude a diagnosis off of photos, but you can triage how you're gonna make your day and the next day work. And so with Jerry, what we did is grab some samples and then some birds as well um, so that I could look at them the next day. But at least then we had um, a suspect diagnosis until I could get my hands and eyes on the birds. So, um, same with thing with producers, if on the weekend they see an increase in mortality, instead of me going out um, every Saturday morning like I used to do now, it's like, okay, well, can you open some birds and send me some photos and then we can go from there and see, is this something that needs to be dealt with today or can we put this off until Monday or the next time it can get out there. So um, we ran workshops that focused on how to open birds the way that our team opens them so it's consistent and then we uh, ran workshops along in those workshops is how to actually take a correct picture how to focus the photo to what you're looking for and what you want to take photos of interesting so I heard you also played a big role in in helping the industry respond to avian influenza so can you talk a little bit about some of the things you've done in that area yeah um I mean, that, that was a nightmare, to be honest. Um, again, that was kind of a learn as you go. So unfortunately, um, a few of our clients had avian influenza in their barns. And so um, we had to develop a, a really um, fluid protocol for Prairie so that when we got a phone call saying, well, I may have AI, then we could get the ball rolling really quickly. And for those producers, because at, at that point when they're worried about having avian influenza, my goal is to get them a diagnosis as quick as possible, whether it's positive or negative. Um, from then on, I eventually joined the 
um, Alberta poultry industry emergency management team and kind of acted as a vet role for that um, team. But there were a lot of other vets in there that played a massive role as well. Um, and so during the avian influenza outbreak, we would meet every day um, with updates from producers. And then eventually, as I started to learn what I could do to support the producers, um, I started working with producers to get their SOPs completed, to start thinking ahead so that they could um, start preparing for the next step, just to speed up their process so they could get birds into their barns sooner. Um, I think one thing that I learned from the avian influenza outbreak was that the producers are going through so much that if if we can play any role to just support that transition the transition of each step of going through um, the dry clean the wet clean the disinfection the testing um, then that may take a little bit of load off of their back and then the other role that I played through the avian influenza outbreak was um, like a media role so I did some interviews with um, newspapers and television and tried to really bring forward the fact that avian influenza is not a food health, it's not a food safety concern at all, um, but also the, the toll on the mental health of the producers that both had avian influenza in their barn or were worried about getting avian influenza in their barn. And I think it was um, an opportunity to remind people that these are mostly family farms with really, really great humans running these barns. Um, and that we all needed to kind of come together to support them as something really scary and really devastating had hit the industry. So it must have taken a big mental health toll too on producers who are affected, right? Yeah, who were, like I would say it took a whole mental health toll on the industry. Um, the producers that had avian influenza, like I don't, I think one thing um, that we don't focus on enough because we think that we're through it or we're coming through it is that like um, if they hadn't, if they hadn't raised the flag as soon as they did, if they didn't report it as soon as they did, um, the spread of avian influenza could have been so much worse than what it was. So um, they really stepped up and made sure that they were protecting the industry. And in that, um, as they worked to get through the steps of taking care of their barns and eradicating the disease, um, I don't think it, I don't think they had time to focus on their mental health. So um, the producers that had avian influence in their barn, I would say it did take a significant mental toll and it was different for every producer and every producer coped differently. Um, but the other side of that story is the producers that also didn't get avian influence in their barn, but also had to walk their barn, walk into their barns every morning, not knowing if they're going to walk into a barn that had avian influenza. That, that was also really, really stressful. And you spoke a little bit about this already, but, um, like, I know you're very involved with help, help helping to educate producers, like through podcasts, webinars. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and some of your favorite projects you worked on? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've done a lot of workshops. We were able to do some seminars with the Egg Farmers of Alberta on Humane Euthanasia, um, which that was probably one of my favorite projects because we got to speak with a lot of the layer producers in Alberta and really make sure that people felt 
comfortable and humanely euthanizing birds and producers do, but sometimes they just wanna to be told that they are doing it the right way. Um, it's a nice reminder about how much producers care about the welfare and about these birds. Like um, it's, it's, it was inspiring to be a part of, which is kind of a strange thing to say about a euthanasia course, but um, it was, it, every producer was really heartfelt and wanting to make sure that they were doing the euthanasia, they were performing the euthanasia in the correct way. Um, we, I also got to participate with Dr. Mike Patrick on a, I prefer, I presented on bird anatomy and then he presented on telemedicine or how to take pictures of bird postmortems. Um, the Prairie Livestock team put together a really great poster of uh, bird telemedicine. Um, and then just kind of being on farm more through my relationship with Cargill and getting to work with producers more in the barn. That's one of my favorite parts too. Um, the producers really make this job really fantastic. So any opportunity I have to work with the producers, I'm just really happy. And you've also made a point of working to help small flock owners. Um, so why is that important to you? And can you talk about some of the things and the resources that you've helped produce? Yeah, so small flock, it, it hits kind of two heartstrings for me. One is that if we can better manage the disease prevention in small flock, we are um, taking better care of the commercial industry. We're keeping them a little bit safer. Um, the other part about small flock is I think it's really great for people to realize how, how fantastic poultry can be. Um, they're a really fun species to work with, whether at a small scale or a large scale. So sometimes um, at the end of the week, when I talk to a small flock owner, that, that kind of just um, resets me. And it's nice to be reminded of why I love birds so much. Um, Cause it's really cute how they have their own, they have names and they have tricks that their chickens can do and they really care. So kind of two heartstrings there. Some of the things we've done with that is I've been involved um, since 2019 with Al University of Alberta Hatching Egg Chicken, or the, sorry, University of Alberta Heritage Chicken Program um, with Dr. Frank Robinson and Brenda Schneider and Carrie Nadu and um, Dawn was there before. And so that was, a, that has been a really great opportunity to talk about poultry uh, biosecurity and disease prevention to the small flock community. And we've done about 10 of those sessions. Also the, through the work with WeCan, um, that, or that's the Western Canadian Animal Health Network. That's a really great opportunity for other veterinarians where they can submit um, questions they have about small flock medicine or small flock um, management or health. And then um, Barb from WeCan will send it out to poultry veterinarians and we can answer that. So I really think that that's a really powerful tool for the industry. Um, and then the other thing that Prairie Livestock has taken is um, we sat down kind of in a round table one day and thought like, okay, how can we help with decreasing disease prevalence in the small flocks? And so we decided we'd work on um, trying to find vaccines that could be used in small flocks at um, a reasonable cost. And so with that, Nicole Coles, one of the um, registered veterinary technologists, she took a lead with this and um, actually watched a presentation by Dr. Mike Patrick and 
we developed a program where we can provide small flocks with vaccinations for Merix, ILT, Salmonella, E. coli, um, and I think that's it, but, she, but Nicole may know more. And then a lot more um, consults and medications as needed. So what does a typical day on the job look like for you? Oh, it's just um, different every day. So um, I would say before AI came here, it was a lot of farm visits every day where I would travel mostly across Alberta, sometimes through Saskatchewan, uh, visiting with producers, walking their barns, and then posting birds with them and going through kind of any recommendations or changes. And now um, the field visits really took a backseat during AI um, when the disease prevalence was really high. And they're back a bit now. If I do a field visit, it'll be in the morning um, when everything's clean. And I'll go there, I'll walk the barns with the producer, open the birds, and then we may sit and have coffee and talk about like, what are their goals um, and how I can help them kind of reach their full potential is always my goal. And then um, while I'm doing that, either um, some of the Cargill guys or um, other will drop off birds to the clinics for postmortem or um, producers will just drop off birds at the clinics for postmortem. So then I'll head to the clinic. Um, I'll start necropsying birds. When I finish that, I'll give the producers a phone call and then I get their reports out to them usually the same night and then get ready for the next day. Um, but every day is different because if there is an emergency call, then that takes precedence. And then it's about kind of massaging the schedule and moving things around to make those calls work. So um, I always say I'm happiest when I'm in the barn. So I always try and be in the barn the most, but um, being in clinic and working with the team, cutting open birds is really good too. And have you had a mentor in your career who's uh, really helped guide you? A mentor or mentors could be more than one person. And uh, if so, like how, how have they had an impact on your career? Yeah, I've had so many people help me get where I am that um, I constantly am just thinking about how thankful I am to be where I am, but also for the people that I've met. So um, the first veterinarian that I ever um, really shadowed and really idolized was Dr. Milton Ness. And unfortunately he's passed away now, but he was the veterinarian for the Edmonton Valley Zoo. And so when I came back to Canada after traveling, I just shadowed him two days a week um, for years. And that was a dream. And I he kind of started to realize that I was leaning towards poultry and he started to point out the international work that I could be involved with with poultry and maybe we would do something together one day. Um, Dr. Frank Robinson has become like a family member to me. Um, I, I don't have words for how, um, how much of an effect he's had on my life. I always try and put words to it and I can't. He is the reason that I got into the poultry community. He's the reason that I stay in the poultry community. And he's still the first person I call when it's a tough day. Um, he guided me when I didn't know if I could be a poultry vet, when I didn't know if I could succeed in poultry. And Dr. Martin Zudoff was a really, really incredible. Um, he was my master supervisor and he was such a joy to work with and really incredible. And watching him um, 
continuously work to improve the precision feeding system has always been an inspiration to see how hard he works for something he believes in. Um, after that, once I became a poultry vet, Mark Nelson has been a really great mentor for me. Um, he's the, I always call him the big head honcho, but he's like the boss of Cargill um, Animal Nutrition in Western Canada. And he's the person now that I'll go to and say like, okay, this is the issue I'm having, like, what can I do? Or how should I communicate um, my concerns about this or that? So that's been really good. And then just the, the poultry community. So Val Carney and Brenda Schneider, um, Rachel Davidson from Maple Leaf. Um, there's just been some really, really phenomenal people that make this industry really incredible to be a part of. And then also, I should, of course, I have to say like the team at Prairie Livestock, um, they're a vet team that I could have never have dreamed of. So um, getting to work with them has been amazing and getting to see how driven they are to take care of producers and make sure that the industry is always at the forefront of our goals and our, our, force, our vision for the, for the clinic has been amazing too. On a similar note, I heard you also like to work with uh, young people looking to get into poultry. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of that work? Yeah, um, I love having students with us. I love taking them um, to farms. I love, I used to say um, that having a student let me ask really dumb questions sometimes that I was supposed to know the answer to. Um, but the students we've had have just been absolute rock stars. Um, watching them walk a poultry barn for the first time to either weeks or months later, going to the farm, um, managing the visit on their own, gathering history questions, cutting open birds. It's phenomenal watching it. So I love having students. We have one student that spent a summer with us last summer, Chantelle DeBurs, and she's just uh, there's no, she's incredible. She's an absolutely well-rounded vet student that was also in RVT before going into vet school. And um, she took an interest into um, decreasing, or she took an interest into applying an analgesic and anti-inflammatory. So kind of reducing pain behaviors in turkeys. And so she's running with this project now with Dr. Holland, who's the other poultry vet and research vet at Prairie. And um, it's, it's pretty exciting to be able to kind of give back what my mentors have given me to help me get here. Uh, it doesn't always necessarily mean that the students are gonna go into poultry. And I always hope that they do because I think bringing great, more great people into this industry is an exciting role. But I think getting to share how welcoming and how supportive and how great this industry is, is a really important part of having students. And they just reignite that flame of passion for the industry. It's so fun having them. So looking back, are you glad that you got into poultry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it doesn't matter where I am, whether I'm at a work event or whether I'm at a family event or um, at the gym. If somebody says, like, like, do you like your job? I'm like, yeah, I, I'm obsessed with my job. I love my job. Um, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. It's incredible and getting to work with the producers that I get to work with and getting to learn from them every day and getting to work with the, with the teams that I work with. I, yeah, it's incredible. I'm so fortunate. 
And lastly, so how do you like how do you like to spend your downtime? Um, I like working. <laughs> um, I I try and go to the mountains often, whether it's in the summer or the winter. So um, I really like hiking. I really like biking. I really like swimming, um, camping, skiing, just being outdoors. Um, but I I am known to get to the summit of a mountain and then answer a poultry question at the top of the mountain. And so I remember Dr. Karen Shade-Larner did an interview one time and they asked her, what does she do in her free time? And she says work because she loves her job. And I feel the exact same way. All right, well, thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit CanadianPoultryMag.com slash podcasts.